Church of Christ presents Home by Another Way, the sermon by the Reverend Jean Randall Bodman, presented on Sunday, January 5th, 2020. I love our story that we read from Matthew today, the story about the Magi who traveled from the East to worship a new king. I love that the author of Matthew weaves one of his main themes right into the origin story of Jesus, that the gospel of Jesus is not just for one people, living in one very small place, but for all the nations from however far away. I love that despite our carols and crush sets and Christmas cards, the Magi were not kings, probably more than three in number, and not necessarily even all men. We translate Magi as wise men, but it doesn't need to be men. Many scholars think it likely that they were Zoroastrians from Persia, known to travel in mixed groups. I love that even though the star was resting over Bethlehem, the Magi went to Jerusalem, the center of earthly power, to check in with the people in charge, and said straight to King Herod's face, tell us where to find the new king. We saw his star at its rising, and we have come to worship him. Not you, Herod, but the new infant king. I find this a good reminder that the best way to get the person in authority to show their true character is to remind them that they are not the center of the universe. They will, of course, strike back to refute this notion, but the striking back is often the beginning of the end. Herod's true colors were revealed. We heard about it in last week's reading about the murder of the baby boys in and around Bethlehem, but even here, we see who he is as he plots to use the Magi as informants so he can track down this new interloper king and have him killed. Herod may have rebuilt the temple in grand grand style, but challenge his centrality and his true colors are flying for all to see. I love that the Magi coming in from the east with their foreign accents and foreign ways go straight to the heart of the matter and decenter Herod. Epiphany calls us in our corporate life to see clearly the difference between God's kingdom, God's realm, and the empires of this world, to place our trust and hope not in nations or administrations, but in God. And in our personal lives, it reminds us that we are not the center of the universe either. Our weekly worship and our daily prayer are reminders that our egos are not the center of the universe or even of our own private universes. God is. We affirm this in church so often that we can forget how shocking, slightly frightening, and beautiful an affirmation it is that when we forget ourselves, we find ourselves. When we forget ourselves in service to others, when we forget ourselves in joyful creation, whether we are writing or singing, knitting or cooking, building a bookshelf or rebuilding an engine, whether we are studying ancient history or writing computer code, 
whenever we get so caught up in creating that we forget to be self-conscious, we find ourselves. And when we go right down into the silent center of ourselves, leaving behind all the bright facade that we muster for the world, when we are so caught up in love that we forget all about ourselves, we find ourselves. And we find ourselves in connection with the holy mystery that is at the heart of everything. I love that the Magi decenter Herod, and they momentarily decenter Israel and remind us to decenter ourselves. I love that these Magi from far outside the story of Israel get to Israel using their own wisdom, their own religious knowledge, and their own experience, which might be outside the permitted bounds accorded by some Israelites. Using their own insights, they have discerned the coming of the king and have come to worship. Because God is speaking everywhere, and the witness of outsiders is woven right in at the beginning of the Jesus story. The Magi don't stay or convert or become one of the community. They go home, still wise, still listening to God, still led by the Spirit. Before Matthew breaks into the heart of the story, which is set in a very small geographic area, we have this hint that when word gets out about this Jesus fellow, it's going to go global, which echoes at the very end of Matthew's gospel, in the very last sentences, when the risen Jesus sends the 11 to spread the good news to all the nations. And I love that these spirit-led outsiders were not about to let Herod use them in his nefarious plot. They ignored his demands and took another route out of town and back to their own people and their own lives. And if I'm really honest, what I love best of all is that every year when I read this story, it reminds me of that old James Taylor song with the refrain, me and you could be wise guys too and go home by another way. I won't sing. I'll spare you. I love that phrase, home by another way. It reminds me of my father. When I was a little girl, my father worked at an insurance company in Philadelphia. He didn't love the job, but he was good at it. And he loved working in the city. One of the things he loved best was his commute, not the part on the train. He liked that okay, it was good reading time. But what he loved was the mile or so walk from the train station to his office. Now, that same walk drove my mother a little crazy because every single evening, my dad would call and say, leaving the office now, see you soon, love you. Which sounds fine, but we only had the one car and of course, we had no cell phones. So we three kids would pile in with our mom and drive to the train station in the suburbs where we lived and commence the wait. Because although he worked in that same office building for over 25 years, and although in all that time the train station did not move, there were never two days in a row when that walk took my dad the same amount of time. We never knew how long it would take him. Because every single day, 
he would go home by another way. And didn't he love that? My father knew every street and alley, every bookshop and art gallery and tiny theater in that city. He knew where to get the best Chinese food and the saltiest soft pretzels. He could have given tours of the public art, and he knew most of the panhandlers by name and coffee preference. But at the end of the, he was a bit bored at, at that job. He was a bit bored by work. But at the end of the day, on his way home, he was wide open to surprise and delight, to epiphanies great and small about the city he loved, about art and culture, and about the needs of the poor in the alley two blocks away from the upscale office building where he worked. He knew where he was going, but he was wide open to new paths to get there. And his imagination and spirit led him. I love to imagine my dad on those wanderings. And I love to imagine the journey of the Magi in a similar way. The journey west to Judea, and especially the journey back east on a new road. I wonder how large their caravan was, where they slept and what they ate, who they encountered on their way, what conversations encouraged them onward, if they met a small boy and changed his life and were changed by him and his mother. I wonder if they encountered bandits or wild animals or bad weather on the way. As we stand together at the edge of a new decade, at a time when world leaders are pounding their chests at each other and threatening bigger, faster, and more destructive attacks, when we hear news of the fires in Australia and flooding in Indonesia that make the world feel apocalyptic, with the climate crisis looming and too many politicians willing to ignore it, when people forget that we do not need to think alike, to love alike, and to care for each other. It can feel like a hard time to think about emulating the ancient magi, a hard time to think about listening to the spirit, following the light, and venturing home in new ways. It can be tempting to want to hunker down, to do what has always been done before, to seek only safety. But now is exactly when this is the model we need, listening for God's still speaking voice, following the light that the Spirit shows us, and following new ways. As we draw close to each other and to Christ in the sacrament of communion, I invite you and I invite us as a community to make this our watchword for a new decade. Listen. We will need to be courageous. The still-speaking God may well lead us on new paths full of new challenges and new joys as we make our way home to God together. Listen, listen, listen.